all right? It is a series on death, and yes, I actually mean that. We're talking about death. Um, how many of you, how many of you, uh, there, there we go. How many of you have ever been to a, a funeral? Raise your hand if you've ever been to a funeral. So, unfortunately, I've been to more funerals than I can count. I get asked to either preach at funerals or sing at funerals. Uh, it's just part of, of, of my job. Unfortunately, I've been to far too many funerals from my own family. So let me go ahead and make this statement up front. We're doing a series about death. I hate death. I'll say it again. I hate death. The reality is, is that death is what separated me and my mom a couple of years ago. Death is what separated myself and my little boy back in 2014. Death is what separated me from every grandparent I had. Death is what has separated me from aunts and uncles. I hate death. There's not been a single funeral I've ever been to where I was happy that we were in that place. And yet death is a reality that we're all faced with. So we're calling this series The Last Enemy. And we're taking that straight out of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 26. But I'm going to read to you 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and I'm going to read verses 20 through 26. Now we are going to be flipping around some tonight. Okay, so I will ask for volunteers to read from the Scripture. Uh, and, and this is what I'm going to do, okay? This is what I'm going to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you, you guys are always good about this. Make sure you read loud. Make sure you are heard. I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 15, verses 20 through 26. If you want to follow along, that text is on your study guide, but I'm going to read it here from the, the Bible so you know that these are not words that I've made up or anything like that. So as you know, these are the actual words from the Scripture and... And they're powerful. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. But each in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, then at his coming, those who belong to Christ. Then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father after destroying every rule and every authority and power, for he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. And here it is, verse 26, the last enemy to be destroyed is death. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. Let's pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we love You. 
We praise you. We thank you for your word. God, I thank you that a subject like death causes us to stop in our tracks. It causes us to look to the author of life, to the creator, to the one that the scripture proclaims as the resurrection and the life. And Father, I pray that as we look at the reality that is facing all of us squarely in our face, that it would draw us and compel us to love Your Son. God, this is a tough subject. This is a hard subject. This is a hated subject. And I pray... That, Father, even this would cause us to rejoice in the life that is offered in your Son. And it's in his name, it's in the name of Jesus we ask these things, and for his sake, amen. What is death? I'm asking y'all, what is death? What is it? What's death? When someone stops breathing. When someone stops breathing. Actually, that's just a symptom of death. So what is death? The end of a human's life. Say it again. The end, of a human's life. end of a human's life. In some ways, yeah. Physically. Phys you die physically? Your whole body dies? Were you, were, did you raise your hand? The absence of life. So many people, when they come to the problem of death, they sit there and they vote, and doctors and nurses do this. Doctors and nurses look at the problem of death and they try to extend life. And you know what they try to do? What they try to do is they try to get the heart to keep pumping. They try to get you to keep breathing in and out. But all of those things are just symptoms of life. If you have life, your heart beats. If you have life, you breathe in and out. If all of a sudden death hits you, your body stops. The things that we often equate and put with life and death, those aren't actually life and death. Those are symptoms of life and death. You guys following me? We know someone is alive because they're breathing. We know someone is alive because their heart is beating. We know someone's dead because those things don't exist. But death is actually not just wrapped up in its symptoms, okay? It's not just wrapped up in the things that we can see or the visible, tangible things that we can notice. That's not all death is, okay? So when I asked the question, what is death? I was hoping you guys would bring up these things because I wanted you to know that we've got to unpack that. That is not death. Death is not just all of a sudden we stop breathing or our heart stops pumping. That's not it. Something else has to be unpacked. There's something deeper in the roots of what death is. And the Bible kind of explains it, okay? The Bible kind of goes at it. We're going to look at four things that the answer is what is death. And by the way, like I said, I've only got until 7.15. So I'm going to be talking fast, okay? And you guys, when we get to the scripture, I need y'all to be ready to read, all right? All right, so what is death? There's the first thing that pops right up there. Death is the curse of sin. I want someone to read Genesis 3, 17 through 19. Casey, go for that. 
Death is the curse of sin. Now, when we think of curses, we think of like something like a mummy or, or something like that, okay? This is not something as ridiculous or as, um, as fanciful as that. This is a real-life curse that hits us where we are, okay? It's not something you just see on television. This is something I've been to funerals, and I've seen this curse actually impacting someone. So read Genesis 3, 17 through 19. In other words, you guys know what happened in Genesis 3, right? What happened in Genesis 3? Someone give me like a five second. That's right. They ate, the, they ate from the fruit of the tree. We were okay if you said apple. We understand. They ate of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. All of a sudden they sinned because that's what God told them to do. As soon as sin enters the world, a curse follows sin. And he starts spelling out the curse. That's God talking. He spells out the curse. He says, because you have done these things, he said, not just you, but everything is suffering under this curse. And the end of it, the exclamation point on the curse, he says, and you will return to dust. For from dust you have been made to the dust you shall return. Death is an actual real live curse. What else is death? And by the way, you guys can fill this in, fill these in uh, under the lines if you want to during the study guide. So what is death? Death is the curse. What is death? Death is the unnatural end to life. And I use that word very, very strategically. So many people say that death is just a part of life. Has anyone ever heard that be said before? Death is just a part of life. Have you guys ever heard that, Joe, Bethany? Y'all heard that? I hear that all the time. And I go to a funeral and I hear death is just a part of life. And I say, no, it's not. There is nothing natural about a lifeless body. There's nothing natural about it. Death is the unnatural end to life. We are not supposed to die. People are not designed to experience death. Read Genesis chapter 2, 15 through 17 for me. But the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden to eat it, to tend and keep it. The Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge you could and evil, you shall not eat, for the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. In other words, you've got life. You've got life forever. This is your natural state, eternal life. Life, living, breathing in and out, heart beating, walking, talking, enjoying, living. That's our natural state. That's our natural way of life. But because of sin, because of the curse of sin, an unnatural thing, death, this unnatural curse to us entered into existence. And because death entered into existence, we now are living under a curse. You are, 
and I am. So, what is death? It's the curse of sin. Death is the unnatural into life. What else is it? Death is, it's the next one, is the wage of sin. All right? It's the curse of sin. It's an unnatural end to life, and it is a wage of sin. What is a wage? Someone give me a definition of a wage. Yeah. Payment. payment. Yeah. Is it a payment that, is it like, like a birthday card payment? No, it's a, like, something you Yeah, something that you work for, something that you earn, right? Something that you earn. Are you flipping there to it? Will you read Romans 6.23 for me? What you earn because of sin is death. What you earn because of sin, the wage of sin is death. Death is a curse, it's unnatural, and it's what you earn. This is a lot deeper than just all of a sudden you stop breathing. This is a lot deeper then your heart stops beating. This is going into the very soul of a person. You understand that? This is going deeper than our bones. This is going deeper than our skin. It's going deeper than all of our organs. And it's going right into the spirit of who we are. It's a wage of sin the wages of sin is death. And the terrible reality is that Adam sinned and so we're under a curse. And we sin. And therefore, we hold hands with that curse. And we willingly walk in that curse. Hand in hand, So what else is death? Death is a natural. Death is a curse. It is a wage. And fourthly, death is the separation of body from soul. All right, I need someone to read Genesis 35, 16 through 20. Who wants that one? Thank you, Andre. Someone take Matthew 10, 28. Thank you, Anthony. Someone get 2 Corinthians 5. You take that one. I'll get you on the next one, okay, Aiden? I'll get you on the next one. All right? Here's what I mean by that. People are designed with body and soul. People are designed not just a physical body, not just a spirit. We're designed body and soul. Now, if you look at animals, animals are just body. They're just stuff, all right? If you... Talk about angels. They're just spirit. Humans are the only thing that are body and soul. That's it. That was what God created as body and soul. Humans. At the point of death, your body and your soul is ripped, torn apart from each other. It is separated. It happened with Adam when he first ate of the fruit. Some people look at it and say, wait a minute, he ate the fruit, but he didn't die. But yes, yes, he did. 
Death is not just the symptoms of life being gone. Death impacts the spirit. So let's read and see the, how death tears us or separates the body from the soul. Genesis 35, 16 through 20. Who had that one? Go for it. Benjamin. So Rachel died, and she was buried on the way to Ephrath, that is uh, Bethlehem. And Jacob set up a pillar over her too. It is the pillar of Rachel's too, which is there to this day. This is a sad story. Rachel dies in this story, giving birth to Benjamin. She dies in this story, but the description that the Bible gives is that the midwife says, don't fear, you've had another son. She's able to give birth. And it says that her soul was leaving, for she was dying. Now her body stayed because she was buried. And they put up a monument to where she was buried. But her soul was leaving. The Bible tells us specifically that what is joined together by God's creation, the curse of sin, separates. It rips it. It tears it. Matthew 10, 28. And do not fear In other words, don't fear a person who can only do damage to the body. Because whatever they do to the body, when you die, your soul is going to do what it's going to do anyway. It's going to be torn apart. It's going to be ripped apart. Don't be concerned with just what happens with your body. With just the breathing in and out. With just the heart beating. Don't just be concerned with that. Understand the soul that needs to be taken into account here as well. 2 Corinthians 5, 6 through 10. So we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Yes, we are good of courage, and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our own decision. For we must all fear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or Alright, so he says we would rather be away from the body and at home. How can you be away from your body? In death, your soul is taken from you. Guys, that's unnatural. We're not created for that. We're not designed for that. I hate death. It's the reason why I look 
at uh, every year we, we go at Thanksgiving to mom's grave, the marker. And every year I go there and I recognize that mom is there, but mom is not there. We're not designed for that. So very quickly, very quickly, we're going to look at where the curse started. We already know the answer to that. We're going to look at how we unite ourselves to this curse of sin. And then we're going to look at the end rejoicingly at what God did about it. So, number two on your study guide, the curse started with Adam when he sinned against God. And I want you to get this, this, this mindset here, and, and I am of the opinion, I am of the thought that Adam and Eve had many more children than just Cain, Abel, and Seth, all right? I'm of the opinion they had far more children than that, okay? Because if it was just Cain, Abel, and Seth, guess what? There's not a woman in the mix of that. There's no continuation, all right? So I am of the opinion they had so many more children than that. And all of their children, the curse that started with Adam, impacted all of his kids, all of his generations, all of mankind and all of creation. So the curse, death, started with him when he sinned against God. I need someone to open up to Romans 5, 12 through 14, Aiden, and someone take, oh, we, and you can take 1 Corinthians 15, 20 through 26 if you want to. You can even read it from right there. All right? All right. So, take Romans 5, 12 through 14 for me, sir. In Adam, all are under the curse. In Adam, that's where it started. In Adam, he sinned against God. And therefore, death through that sin. Well, 1 Corinthians 15, 20-26. You guys can follow along. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first, first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Whereas by a man came death, by a man also the resurrection of the dead. Whereas in Adam, all the Guys, it says it right there, for as in Adam all die. So this started with Adam. I've seen a lot of things on social media where people will put a picture of someone who looks almost as angry as Mr. Brad does. And they'll just say, they'll just put it up there, they'll say, when I get to heaven, I'll be looking at Adam like this. 
Because the reality is that it started with Adam. Now, yes, it started with Adam. It began there. Death was instituted the second that he bit into that fruit. But he didn't do it alone. He is not the only one who has sinned. He is not the only one who has intensified the curse. Because, number three, because of Adam, I believe that's right. Oh no, because of sin, we are alive in our bodies, but dead in our souls. Because of sin, we are alive in our bodies, but dead in our souls. That is your condition because of the curse. Now, hopefully, I'm not saying anything that's just shocking anybody in here. Hopefully, you've heard all of this before. The reason why we are hitting this so hard tonight is because these are simple, basic things, but we still get turned around in our own minds because when we think about death, we always think about just stopping the breath or the heart doesn't beat anymore. We get wrapped up in that. No, death is a curse. This is a simple thing to understand. But we get so wrapped up in just the, the nitty-gritty and the symptoms of death that we forget the reality of what it is. Because of sin, we are alive in our bodies, but dead in our souls. And the live body that's dead in spirit goes to hell. A dead body that's dead in spirit goes to hell. The only thing that gets to have eternity with God is a person who is alive in body and in soul. Ephesians 2, 1 through 3. Who wants that? Go for it. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, and the spirit that is now at work in some of the disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carving out the desires of the body and the mind. We are dead in our trespasses and sins. But here's the thing, guys. Here's the thing. Is that verse true? Yeah, that verse is true. We're dead in our trespasses and sins. But all of you can hear that. Now, listen, I'm not going to point fingers. I'm not going to do anything like that. The reality is, and I, I'm... I can't see into anybody's heart. I cannot look into anyone's mind. Nothing like that. The reality is, though, that in a group this size, there is likely at least one person here who is alive in body and dead in spirit. At least one. There is at least one person here, likely, who is alive in spirit and alive in body. I know there's at least one. <laughs> but the tragic reality is that when we reduce death, when we reduce sin to just walking around or just, just ah, they're not really living like they should or, or ah, they're just, they, yeah, they cuss or they do when we reduce it to a symptom, 
rather than treat it like a curse and a wage and an unnatural separation of body and soul. When we look at the symptoms of death and don't deal with the reality of it, we're so often apt to look at people who may be alive in the body but dead in the soul and we don't tell them the way that they can be saved. Number four, we now follow Adam in sin. Just like we follow Adam into death. Unless Christ comes back again before, um, before the time comes, we will all face death. That's a reality for me. It's a reality for you. You will all stare death in the face one day unless Christ returns first. And it doesn't matter if you're post-mill or pre-mill. We all look forward to that day. But because of Adam, because of the curse, we follow Adam in sinning. We can't look at Adam and we can't just give him a face like, really, why did you do that? Because we have followed him into sin and we have followed him into death. It is a reality that you and I will face. It is a truth that we're going to have to deal with. We're following Adam in both the sin and the curse of sin. So Romans 3.23, Casey and Aiden get Hebrews 9.27. You'll get the next one. Okay. So Casey, will you take Romans 3.23 and then Aiden, will you get Hebrews 9? For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Guys, this isn't just Adam's problem that you've inherited. This isn't just his deal that all of a sudden you've got a bum rap on. No, you are involved in it. You are equal in sin to he who first started it. Hebrews 9.27 is appointed for man once to die and then the judgment. Guys, we follow Adam in sin and we follow him in death. I will, I have followed him in sin. I will follow him in death. But there is a remarkable truth, a remarkable gospel. Number five, Jesus, oh I'm uh, okay, I don't have this on my thing. I, don't, I forgot to put it on there. Understand this. Sin can only be dealt with through death. You can add that in if you want. I forgot to put it on the study guide. I apologize. Sin can only be dealt with through death. There is only one punishment for sin, only one curse for sin, only one prescription for sin, and that is death. Hebrews 9, 21 through 22, and I'll read that one. Hebrews chapter 9, verses 21 through 22, tells us this. And in the same way, he sprinkled with the blood both the tent and all the vessels used in worship. Indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with blood, and without the shedding of blood, 
There is no forgiveness of sins. Unless something dies, sin will not go away. Sin will not be taken care of. The only way to deal with sin is through death. That's why God gave the sacrificial system, because He wants you to recognize, hey, sin is evident in your land, and death must come because of that, but there can be a death that takes the place of your death. There can be a death that deals with your sin. There can be a death that deals with your death. A great book, a fantastic book, albeit a very wordy book, is a book called The Death of Death and the Death of Christ. The Death of Death and the Death of Christ. And guys, the reality is, is that sin can only be dealt with through death. That's it. There's only one prescription for it. You're going to die because of sin or something can die on your behalf. But there's only one sacrifice good enough. Number five, Jesus died our death. I don't know what happened there. And gives us or gave us His life. I don't know what happened there, guys. I'm sorry. Jesus died our death and gave us His life. I need someone to read Romans 5, 18 through 19. Aiden, Hebrews 10, 4 through 10. Go for it. When you're there, go ahead and... Oh, that's right, that's right. Kaylin, I said you would be able to do it. You'll take a Hebrews 10, 4 through 10. Aiden. Guys, just like through Adam came death, there is another one who came and He brings life. There is only one who brings life. And it's Jesus. Jesus died our death when He died on the cross. And He gave us His life. A life that we don't earn, that we don't have, that we don't have in our normal state because we're under the curse. He gave us an, he gave us his life. Hebrews ten, four through ten. Then he added, Behold, I have come to do your will, 
does away with the first in order to establish the second. And they, and, and by that will, we will, we have been sacrificed, sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and once for all. The death of bulls and goats couldn't satisfy <coughs> It took one who would come and his death could die our death for us and his life could be attributed to us. And that is the person, Jesus Christ. When death, death is so much more involved than just the symptoms. Death is evil and it's wicked and it's vile. And there is only one place that we can turn to, only one man that we can turn to, to take our death and to give us life. Only one person can make us alive. Only one person can take us from death into life. And His name is Jesus. Next week, we're going to look into a little bit of, okay, I know what death is, but now what happens when we die? There's going to be a little bit of that next week. We're going to look at what, is the, what does the Bible tell us happens upon death? Because almost when death happens, when you succumb to that curse, it's almost like that's when the real story begins. Let's pray. Joe's going to come up and he's going to lead some songs. And you guys worship the one who can bring us from death into life. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we do love you. We praise you. We thank you for the good gift of life that you give. I thank you that we can even look at the subject of death and we can recognize that there is one death that makes atonement for sins. It's the death of your Son, Jesus. And I pray that you would use even a hard subject like this, even a difficult subject like this, to turn our focus and our attention upon Your Son. And it's in His name we ask these things and for His sake. Amen.